It's Halloween here in America, an even scarier time than usual. And today, on our very first podcast under the emerging cricket umbrella, Amin and I are going to talk about some very frightening things. Has the Reaper come for one day international cricket? Dane Pete has reanimated his South Africa test cricket career. By now you realize that this music is a knockoff from some scary film that's very famous. But it's too late for you. Now you're stuck. And we're going to talk about the scariest thing of all. USA Cricket. Happy Halloween and welcome to Big Innings, America's Cricket Show. I'm Nate Hayes and I'm joined by my partner, Amin Patel. Amin, what's your uh, Halloween costume this year? Oh man, Nate, glad to be here. But, uh, you know, Halloween's always a big thing at UNC Chapel Hill where I go to school. And actually, I was, um, I was a tourist this year. My girlfriend was Statue of Liberty. I had an I Love New York shirt. And you know what? I felt, you know, very cricket themed in that regard too because cricket love New York this year. Am I New York? I went in Major League Cricket, so I felt right into you know, Steve Smith, we might see him this year in, in, in Major League Cricket. He's a huge fan of he's a huge fan of New York. Of course, he's a diplomat or something for uh, the Washington Freedom franchise. Um, what's what, what what are the popular costumes you're seeing around UN, UNC right now? Uh, I mean, you know, there's so there's your classics and then a lot of people my, my buddy is uh actually Linguini from Ratatouille. So if you've ever seen the movie, he's got the hat with the rat inside. Um I've seen a couple, you know, cops and a couple uh, you know, there was, uh, what was one of the best ones I saw? There's someone who came to class today in like full night out, like armored up, sword, shield, the helmet, like they were fully committed. It was 82 degrees. I don't know how they did that, but, uh, there, there's some pretty committed costumes. There's that North Carolina, uh, Halloween weather, 82. It's, it's usually not this hot this time of year. It's, it, it, we actually, to be fair, it's been pretty comfortable up until this last, uh, five days or so. But, um, but yeah, so what I want to introduce our listeners here, we've done several live shows on our YouTube channel, which is called Big Innings, all one word. And this is our first podcast under the Emerging Cricket umbrella. We'd like to say thank you to Emerging Cricket for giving us this platform to interact with you. Also, I'd like to say happy fifth birthday to Emerging Cricket, founded just over five years ago by Tim Cutler, Nick Skinner, and Daniel Beswick. As many of you know, I am a contributor for Emerging Cricket, have been for over three of those five years, and they really flow by. And I just like to say thank you to Emerging Cricket for involving us and allowing us to do this. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, I'm very thankful to be on here. I, you know, I read a bunch of the Emerging Cricket articles, a bunch of the podcasts. So it's been cool. So sooner now to be a part of it. So uh, happy to be under the rail. Folks, you can look forward to us hopefully doing this every week. Um, but in the meantime, listen to the Emerging Cricket Podcast. It's 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 fantastic. It's how I got hooked up with these guys in the first place was I was a huge fan and Patreon of them and a uh, patron of them. So if you'd like to contribute to Emerging Cricket, please do so on Patreon. Uh, and that will go towards, you know, all sorts of wonderful content about Associate Cricket and Emerging Nations. Um, but let's get right into things here. Dane Pete, a buddy of ours and kind of a member of our beginnings kind of uh organization uh he's done a lot of shows with us but he has unretired he's got ambitions to play test cricket for south africa again and he was just days away from usa cricket eligibility when he left um what does this mean uh for him for his major league cricket eligibility and his minor league cricket eligibility as a domestic player we're going to talk a little bit about that but first of all i'd like to wish him well um he sees an opportunity to maybe make the test team again 
in South Africa with uh, some of their tests clashing with the SAT20 league in which several of their popular spinners are going to be uh, participating. So uh, Dane thinks he's got a chance. He's backing himself to play test cricket once again. Um, he's about, he's 33 years old, so he's not getting any younger. And I hope he listens to this and hears me say that. But uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah. So what does this mean for his MLC eligibility and his minor league cricket eligibility? Well, we saw a big deal made of this with uh, Chandra Paul Hemrosh from the New Jersey Somerset Cavaliers in the Super 8, where he was, uh, they actually had to, the Cavaliers actually had to forfeit a game because they insisted on playing him, even though they were already playing one overseas player. Hemraj had played in the past with them as a domestic, but the, the problem is he left to go play as a, as a local player in the CPL. And once you kind of do that, once you make that type of a move, it, it kind of resets your status. So Dane's done a similar thing here, and I can't see him eligible now as a domestic player in minor league or major league cricket now because of that. Because in order to be eligible as a domestic in major league and minor league cricket, you have to be following a path that would make you eligible for USA cricket. And that path is you have to be in the country for 10 months out of 10 of the 12 months out of every year for three years. And you, you have to retire from your home nation uh, or from whatever nation you were eligible at. And so with Dane unretiring officially, going back to uh, South Africa to play as a domestic there in first-class cricket structure, he's basically forfeited his domestic eligibility here in the USA in Major League and Minor League Cricket. Uh, what are your thoughts about that, Amon? Well, you know, as you said, Dane is someone that has been on the show with us and is someone who... You know, we've spent a lot of time with, and it's great to have him around the community. And, you know, it's sad to see him go in that regard because, you know, we love having him a part of the Morseville community and the community that we have locally. But I think for him, like you said, 33 years old, he knows, you know, the, how much time he has left. He knows it better than anyone else. And he, he feels he has this great opportunity in South Africa to go back, possibly play test cricket, at least first class cricket. Um, you know, you wish him all the best for that. When it comes to domestic cricket in the United States, uh, you talk about the Warsaw Raptors, you are evidently wearing the hat at the moment that you made for the Warsaw Raptors. So for those of you just listening, um, you know, he was the Raptors captain for the past two seasons. And now that Trayvon Griffith this year is a domestic, he was the international last year. If he was willing to stay and stay as a domestic, you know, I, I wouldn't mind Dave being the international for the Raptors. He's, he's unbelievable blindly cricket. He does the job and he's someone who is a leader, can still be a captain in that regard if you wanted him to be and um, you know, of course, you love to say, oh, Dane's our domestic, Trayvon's now a domestic, uh, Trayvon's now a domestic, and now we can go get another international. But, you know, Dane slides in the international slot. I think you just swap it, and I think that would work uh, for the Raptors' point in case. I don't know if he'd work as a domestic in Major League Cricket, you know, especially like Hayden Walsh, who, you know, has an American passport playing for the West Indies. They deemed him as an international. So I think Dane is now international in the eyes of Major League Cricket and Minor League Cricket. But I think it could work in Miami. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think that depending on how how they they do things, how the Washington Freedom do things, they might be able to keep him as well. You know, depending sure. on how they stagger, how they replace him, how they backfill his position with another um, domestic. But this this will give them another slot to draft uh, with in, in the domestic draft. They could sign him as an overseas player. He might actually make a little bit more money that way too. But I, I would, if I was the Washington Freedom, I would keep him as an overseas player, especially if he goes down 
uh, there and performs well in test in test cricket, sure. or if he actually gets a shot in test cricket, which I think he's got a decent chance of doing, uh, and he and he performs well. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't hesitate to bring him in. His knowledge, it really, it's his knowledge of the American scene right now, um, which which really brings a lot of value to that Washington franchise, to the American domestic players. Um, I think he's he's a great talent identifier. Uh, I think he has a future as a coach. He's got a present as a coach. We know that here in, Mor- <laughs> in, in Morrisville. But, um, you know, he's a great mentor. Uh, I think there are a million ways he could value that. Uh, he could bring value to that Washington franchise. So I, I would not be surprised to see him sign with them as a overseas next year anyhow, um, even if it's a depth depth role. You know, it, it really depends on how that team shakes out. But, I mean, and we'll talk. I can't wait in coming weeks to talk about the available domestics in that draft, however they do the draft, if it's an auction, however they do it um, for Major League this year, the available uh, domestics who kind of made a splash, made a name for themselves in the last year in minor league cricket. Um, we'll get into that soon uh, in, in upcoming episodes. Dane, you know, he's going to continue living in Morrisville, uh, North Carolina. So he's going to raise his family here. He likes this community. He likes it here. He's just going to play in our winters down in South Africa and see how that goes with the test with the test team. Now, there are two test series, I believe, during that SAT 20. So he has opportunities. You know, if he makes that team, he can. He has a couple of chances to really make an impact and maybe maybe last a, a few years yeah it'd be awesome to see him over there i mean there's no doubt about it um but the with the sat 20 you know that's where the money is in modern cricket right so that's what you're always up against as someone if you're playing test cricket or you know trying to build a test side you're always competing with those t20 leagues and you know south africa's having to do it so if you know you have some of those players that are going to be in the sat 20 you know dane pete slides right in and says hey i'm available I've played test cricket. I've taken test wickets. You know, um, his very first ball in test cricket was a wicket. Um, so he he's got that kind of experience. And so he's someone that you know you have to look at if you cricket South Africa. And again, wishing all the best for him. It'd be really cool to see him do that. You know, during our winters, and then come back here and be like, wow, I just saw you on the telly a couple. You know, a couple months ago, taking a couple of wickets for South Africa. Well, I'm not even going to wait. I'm just going to message him during the game so he sees it after <laughs> the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's my style. Yeah, I think <laughs> also, you know, you mentioned his first wicket. We got a great story about that that we, that I'll I'll have to make a little reel of that on Instagram. By the <laughs> way, find us on Instagram, Big Innings underscore. Um, and you know, we'll I'll make a little reel about him telling that story about his first wicket. You know, internationally in in Test cricket, it's it's a pretty great story. You know, we I think we could talk about this topic like all, all night. Uh, <laughs> anything to do with anything to do with that, you could go learn. We've and we've done in talking about the Morrisville, who they should get, and all these, you know, like like look, we we I didn't mention yet. I wanted to. There are plenty of good cricketers in this area that the Raptors could fill in the gaps with with just the people who live here domestically now. Aaron Jones moved to Aaron Jones moved to Durham right down the road. Uh, we've got August Pinar who played for Atlanta Fire this year here. We, you could load up this team already with just if you just got the got all the locals to commit. So the Raptors aren't in in a in a bad spot, you know. If they do make Dane the the international, which I would do that if I were them, uh, but whether or not whether or not he's on this team next year, the the Raptors have the opportunity to get very a very good team if they if they want to. Yeah. So let's move along and to talk about some of the USA cricket announcements. On October twenty fourth, USA announced their U nineteen Women's National Championship. Um, it's going to take place from November tenth through through the twelfth at Prairie View Cricket Complex. 
down in Houston. This was announced on October 24th. It's coming up November uh, 10th through 12th. They got the team sorted out already. We, we still haven't had a men's one-day nation, national championship since 2021. There's been no announcements about that yet, but, um, you know, that doesn't mean it's not coming in three weeks from now based on these uh, <laughs> announcements. Yeah, I mean, like, we saw the the USA Senior Women's Nationals earlier in the year over the summer, and those are really good. And you know, the great thing about that is there was a lot of young women that were part of that, a lot of under-19 talent that was there. So um, obviously you're not going to have Kitika Kodali back in that under-19 team. She's aged out, so they're going to be looking for a new captain, but there's still a lot of really young faces and even some new ones. Izzy Slade Jones, who's just 13. She might have just turned 14, but she's really young. And you, know, you have a lot of really good up-and-coming cricketers, but you know it is... It feels kind of classic USC cricket almost. Just like you're posting something really late. It's great to see this happening. Like it's a great initiative. We should be having this under 19 women's nationals and the women's nationals. But to you know, give yourself three weeks of notice for everybody that hey, this is happening uh, publicly. It feels like a little bit short lived. You got to I feel like got to give this thing time. And it doesn't good set a good precedent for the men's one. And it's it's not something that's uncommon, right? Like we've this is sure. something that's kind of felt like a trend pretty much all the way throughout if you're following USC Cricket. So that's where it's kind of maybe as people who are very, you know, locked into USA Cricket looking for where's the stuff going to be? And then three weeks before it happens, you hear about it, you're like, well, you know, this this just feels a little bit off-putting. Um, again, we need a men's one-day nationals. I mean, it's, we, we or at least a men's nationals at any point because we have a World Cup coming in a, in a year's time now. And, um, you know, whether that's a T20 uh nationals or so one day nationals i either way works but you have a world cup coming up you know you have a couple of big events you got to get something going on that front too so you just like to see them outwardly seem a little bit more prepared for the matter yeah you know i, I mean i'm happy for this that, that we're doing another uh, women's u19 i think it's excellent uh we need we need more women playing cricket and i'm looking forward to the agm um whenever that 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 happens I'm looking forward to hearing the new numbers on how many women are participating in cricket. This is one of the most important metrics in all of cricket in the USA is how many women and girls are playing the game. We can't get, we can't even hope to get cricket into NCAA sports without literally 10 to 20 to 30 times more women playing this, this game, maybe even 50 times more. Uh, Because that we have to create that demand on the women's side due to title nine. Um, The, guarantee that 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 men and women's sports are going to have some kind of equality uh you know in in the college game and so you know we just need a, so many more women playing this game um so yeah any anything we can do uh you know anytime we have these tournaments it's a great thing but we just need we need to recruit more girls there's all kinds of creative ways to do that peter della pena talks about this all the time you know i i love to chat with him about this particular issue but yeah, so we will be paying attention to that for sure. Amin, Amin, did they call you to do commentary for this? They haven't. Uh, they haven't yet. Uh, I'll put it that way. Um, I, I was part of the women's nationals that were happening over the summer, and that was great. I did the 19 nationals a couple years ago also. So um, I would love to be back a part of it. Um, I know a lot of those uh, young women personally and like have seen that develop, which has been really cool. And so I would love to be down there. It's a weekend. You know, I'm not going to have school that weekend. So, you know, you're right. going to feel a little listening i'd love to be down there if you need somebody uh but you know i'm excited for the event in general just again more opportunities for these women to play to get exposure to get access to real coaching you know i met charlotte dickinson down there 
um, in July, which was really great. And she seems to be one of the front runners to take over this women's program. And, you know, I would love to see Charlotte do that with her background. So just again, to get more exposure, more top tier coaching is just great. And again, I think it helps spread the game in its own right also. Yeah, I've liked Charlotte so far. I'd like to see her in a longer, you know, um, we, we in a long term role in this coaching yeah. job for both the women's and the in the U nineteen women's, if if that's possible, um, to do both. Uh, you know, I like like we said, there's a lot of overlap between the two still, and there will be until we get a lot more women playing playing cricket in the USA. But uh, in the meantime, I I really think she, that she's uh she's a good coach, um, from what I've seen, and uh you know. We'll see how that goes. But moving on to some other USA news, USA U19 got the World Cup coming up this winter, um, the, the U19 men's team. And, you know, we, we saw them just make it into the World Cup, beating uh, Canada on that last day, the day that almost didn't even happen. And we've talked about that ad nauseum uh, <laughs> on our channels, uh, on the beginnings, both on U- uh, YouTube and on uh, Instagram. So what a... What do you think? Uh, what do you think that they, this team needs in order to compete in this World Cup? I know it's going to be a hard, a, a tough ask. More than anything, I think this team needs just because I've talked to a couple of these players and I've talked to the families around them, and like, there's all this hype that we're playing India, and you know, we're, India's in our group, and yeah, that's, how can we even, how can we even hope to compete as India? But like, I think you go in there with just this clarity of, look, we are here to play a cricket game. I don't care who's at the other end. I think that's what we kind of need. Um, more so, yes, it'd be great to have some more middle order big bats that can come in and hit the ball along ways and kind of score quickly or score different roles. That would be fantastic. But I think before you get to any of that, it's pe- a team that has the mindset of, we are here to play cricket. It could be against India. It could be against the over 50s team in the United States. We don't care. We're here to play cricket and we're going to play cricket to the best of our abilities. And if they do that, they can win cricket games or they can compete in cricket games at the very least. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is getting over that mental hurdle. These kids can play cricket. Yes. Is there a little bit of skill jump between India and the USA? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, India is a full member nation and we're an associate country. But you have to have that mental board to say, Hey, we're just playing cricket game. We're going to go out there, play our game and let the chips fall where they may. I think if they can get across that hurdle, you're at least on the path to winning. If you don't get there, I don't care who's on your roster. You're never beating anybody. Yeah, yeah, and, and we'll see what the gap is. We'll see what the, what the gap is here between the best team in the Americas and a full and full member teams. And yeah. uh, you know, we 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 know that in in women's cricket there are several gaps. There are several levels. You know, there are a lot of layers right now where you have the top teams in the world, and then there's a nice long gap between them and the next group. Yeah. And then there's a nice long gap between like a Thailand and like a USA, for example. So. Sure. You know, it's it's uh in Thailand, I would put them way closer to that first group, but then then most people would realize I think that they're much closer to, to making it as an as an elite uh, women's uh, senior women's team. But um, but yes, I think I think that that's going to be an interesting thing to see here is how big is that gap? And I know I know that they're they played this World Cup uh, qualifier kind of with a chip on their shoulder. They weren't considered as elite as the last group of USA U nineteen. They got denied that opportunity to even to even qualify which we, we believe they would have qualified and like you said it's difficult in a u19 like you said they they could use a big hitter they they've played utkarsh in in kind of that in kind of a, a role that's outside of his his norm 
he's got he's he's not a big hitter. He's not like he's not well, he's not a big guy, I should say. He's definitely capable. He's definitely a, good, a very good batter. He's uh he's capable, but you know, he's got the mass of a la- of a large labrador. You know, he's not going to <laughs> Oh god. Oh boy. You know, How I mean, large labradors have you been seeing? I'm just I'm just messing around. <laughs> but you you know you know what I mean. He's he's no, not for sure, for sure, for he's sure. not your typical typical. He's not going to come in and just wallop sixes right off right from go. I mean, yeah. Um, he's playing in that role for a reason because they they don't have anyone else who can do it, and he's the most yeah. adaptable player on that team. Um, Another side. But yeah, so I I hope I'm not sounding like I'm insulting the guy because we both think the world of him. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. No, I, no. I mean, I mean, you're right. You're right. I do think that though they had the right attitude in the in the qualifier. I think that if they take that attitude into the next into the World Cup, you know, they they can't really fail because if you have the right intent and you have the right attitude uh, going in up against that kind of competition, you can only learn. You know, hundred percent. And again, our our I think the way we're going to measure success here is very different from full member nations. We're not going to measure success. By the number of games you win, I don't think you can, right? Because first time we're back in the World Cup in, in 13 years. But the way I think we would measure success is: what was the intent like on our team? Did we just fold because oh, the stage is too big, teams are playing are too good, whatever? Or was it? Look, we put everything we could out there. Did we right. end up over the line? No. But could we? Did we leave everything out there? And did we play with an attitude? Was like, look, we're gonna go and leave everything out there, hundred percent. And so I think. That's how we'll measure success. I, again, would we love to win every single game and win the World Cup? Yeah. But you don't put those kind of expectations on people when there's really no precedent for it. Now, if we do it, it's like, holy smokes, you know, yeah. this is unheard of. We're not expecting, I don't think there's anyone in the world that expects us to do it. But if we were to go to every single game and say, we're going to play this game harder than we played any other game you've ever played and do that for a four-game period, Whatever the results may be, I think we'll, we all can live with that. Uh, I th- at least I could live with that. I think I, I right. think we're totally fine watching that team play, come back, and say, you know what, y'all did what you're supposed to do. And, and most importantly, um, I think you have to go with the right intent. You have to play the situations correctly. Whether whether the the odds are long, you can't just yep. go into a shell and say, wow, it would be cool to score 150 runs against India as a team. And then India score while India opened opened the game with three three fifty. You know you have to yep. go out there with the right intentions. Um, I, I believe, especially you know that's how you learn the lessons. I I think yep. is you can't learn lessons unless you have the right intent for the situation. You can't learn the lessons you need to learn. Yeah, you, you can't you know just be happy to be there. You you have to you have to say okay, I'm gonna see. Oh, this situation calls for this. No better way to test, test myself than against these elite teams in this situation that, that that I have to face. And so you go in there with the with the with the right, you know, belief. You have to believe in yourself and you have to you have to take the right approach. There's there's no point in there's no point not playing for the situation or, you know, trying to get that century or half century when really maybe you should be going, you know, all or nothing at that point. Right. And again, it's it's kind of the trap maybe you fell into in the qualifiers, you know, the World Cup qualifiers that the USA senior team played for. Sure, where you're right. Times you were just questioning intent, right? It was like, yeah, okay, look, we had a couple of milestones, but did that really matter in the context of the game? And some milestones you carried higher than other milestones. It's right, like, right. What we wanted was, okay, even if we didn't qualify, right, we just want to play with the, if we play with the correct intent, 
we yeah. can't beat on any given. Yeah. It's a cricket game. You're going to win. You're going to lose. Yes, fine. But just right. go out there, play with the intent that you should play with. And I think if those under nineteen uh, boys would learn anything from the senior men's team, it would be okay. Maybe they didn't go and approach this the right way. So use the better way to approach this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they could actually come out of this a little more mature than the men's team did. And, you know, it, with, if they take that right intention, that right mentality, and this is how, kind of one of the ways where Netherlands, one of the reasons why Netherlands is where they are now in the World Cup. They've won, uh, you know, a couple of games here in the World Cup. And this is an associate nation winning a couple of ga- games against World Cup teams, teams that, you know, West Indies didn't even qualify for this. And, and here you have the Netherlands beating teams, beating South Africa, first of all. That's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, this World Cup has been a little bit bonkers, has it? I mean, yeah, uh, because team rolled through everybody, and then there you see you look at the record. They play six matches. They've won five. Their one loss all must be you know, to England, or New Zealand, or Australia. Right? Oh, they lost to the Netherlands, and you're like, yeah. holy smokes! And it's a very cool win. I mean, I think that to me is probably the highlight of the World Cup. So far, is that we saw the Netherlands win a game, and they did it against you know they didn't just beat a team that was down or you know trying to rest and didn't really play their eleven. This is a South African team that was gunning for wins and beating everybody, yeah. and they went out there and beat them. And I think, again, it goes to show that, look, we have 20, almost 20 ODI, you know, one-day nations in the world. Any, all 20 are pretty good. Like, again, yes, yeah. uh, I'm not saying the USA are Netherlands. I'm not saying PNG are Netherlands, or they were the Netherlands, not like lost ODI status. But, sure. um, you know, I'm not saying these countries are, everyone are the Netherlands, but it's a cricket game as in the day. You have an opportunity yeah. to go win a cricket game. Yeah. There you go. No, you're right. And it's, uh, if I, if I'm, Telling the USA U19 team to get some inspiration, I'm going to point to Netherlands. I'm going to say, look, you know, and 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 I, I, you know, I think a lot was made about that being a big upset. That that it, you want to give them their flowers. You want to say that was a great job. But I think also we have to look at the fact that they were a Super League team for three years. You know, they were in the Super League. Yes, they finished at the bottom of the table. Yes, this was their most meaningful o- ODI victory, um, um, probably. But at the same time, this is what the Super League was for. It was designed to help teams like the Netherlands, who are willing to, who who are doing every, who are doing a lot of things right. They're not doing everything right. They're doing a lot of things right, especially the players. The players on the ground are doing a lot of things right. And this is a team that dealt throughout the Super League with a lot of depth issues, because they had players leaving for county cricket. They that they couldn't free up for international cricket, um, and so that that created a lot of opportunities for, for them to build depth in that national team. And um, that, you know, that's paid off in, in spades for them. So the Super League did its job. I'd like to see a full Netherlands team go through another Super League, another three of the sure. cycle. I, I'd like to see the, the number one Netherlands team going through a, a, a Super League cycle because I don't think you would, you think you'd get to the end of that and you wouldn't be surprised anymore when they beat you know, a very good full member team. I don't think it would be, people would be talking about that as if it was, you know, the biggest shock of the century so far. It's, um, you know, but at the same time, we know how cricket is. People are still talking about Afghanistan like they upset, like they did the greatest thing ever to beat in England. It's like right. England are crap right now uh, in this World Cup. Afghanistan was, no, was the fifth best team in the Super League out of 13. They finished ahead of India. They finished ahead of Pakistan, the Super League. They showed... We, we we know that they've got players that everybody wants on that team. That every franchise, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, I think I think people 
The problem is we don't advertise. I think that Super League's been really advertised as well as it could have been. I don't think, you know, I've, no. I brought up the Super League to people and they're like, what what, what are you talking about? I, Pakistan's number one ICC rankings. They're like, right. yeah, they are number one ICC rankings, but look at the Super League. There's 13 of the ODI teams in the world in the yeah. Super League. Afghanistan was fifth on the list over a calendar, over a period of time. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not, like, this isn't something we're making up. And when they beat Pakistan, it's like, oh, this is crazy. Like, who would have thought? Yeah, given Pakistan's current form, you thought Pakistan probably should have won that game. Right. It's not like it's not like the 0-16 Browns went and beat the 16 year Patriots, right? It's like, you know, this is this is an upset of when you know it's it's, it's an upset in the guard that, oh God, the you know, the Miami Heat beat the Boston Celtics. The Heat are a very good basketball team. Usually yeah. the Celtics were better. Yeah, everyone thought the Celtics were gonna be that team, the Heat beat them. That's yeah. the kind of upset we're talking about here. I don't think it's an upset of Oh my God! It's you know the the team that no one thought could win game, right? You know, versus you know it's it's not a miracle on ice situation. Technically. No, it, it yeah they've done. It. It's not a sixteen versus one in in the NCAA yeah. tournament. First of all, right. you don't even have sixteen teams, <laughs> let let alone sixty four, and not UMBC versus Virginia. <laughs> right, it's not UMBC, which I actually fell asleep at the very end of that. I watched I I watched that. Oh, <laughs> Can you believe it? It's like, and, and UMBC, I from guess. Like, Frozen of the DMV area is crazy. <laughs> I used to play hockey against the U, the guys on UMBC. They they had a, they had a summer team. They had a summer team in our ice hockey league, and we used to play them. We'd end up in the championship against them, like, every summer. summer for, well, a couple of summers. But, uh, That's incredible. yeah, so it was like I was big time cheering for UMBC, and I fell right asleep. I think, yeah, you didn't, the, the NCAA tournament, you know, it starts around noon, and that's about noon 15s when you start drinking. So that's that had a lot to do with it. <laughs> I haven't experienced that part of March Madness. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, well, see, you're gonna you're gonna be the the guy who's who's like totally in control during during uh, undergrad, and you're gonna be the guy that's in in like grad school for five years because you're going crazy because you. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. If you're just catching up, you're like, oh man, now I'm living my wild. I'm sowing my wild oats here. <laughs> oh man. But again, uh, yeah, I mean, going back from wild to the World Cup, the yeah, the result, Netherlands was wild. Sure, I've got a sub beating what is now Pakistan, and you thought a lot of people thought Pakistan might might win the World Cup coming in. Sure, that's wild, but not for the reason that Afghanistan would never beat Pakistan in 10 games or they didn't yeah. once in 10 games it's because pakistan was seen as a favorite and not many people picked off goddess to be a favorite and so to me if you're saying that's the reason it's upset sure but is it an upset because oh this is this is you know umbc beating virginia no this is the once in a lifetime thing no, this is something that is consistently happened yes yes we see and especially with the england uh loss to to uh, yes which it turned out to be you know uh it's been <laughs> People aren't t- are raving about it anymore because England has has kind of crapped the bed, and uh, Afghanistan has gone on to show that they deserve to be there big time. Uh, but yeah, it's just people need to realize this this World Cup needs to be a celebration of these teams. These kind of you know, Afghanistan was a smaller team. Now they are a formidable opponent. It 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 should be a celebration of that growth. And it's almost in spite of everything else, in spite of almost in spite of everyone's best efforts. Afghanistan and Netherlands have have arrived as legitimate teams, and this is something we should be celebrating. And instead, all all of the talk, all of the talk is around our ODIs dead. Should we kill ODIs? And it seems almost orchestrated. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, you know, the, the reason why I think a lot of people were upset about the 18 World Cup is, well, Afghanistan is your prime example. They didn't win a single game in the 18 World Cup. In 2019, they didn't win a game. But you come here, there's three games. Why? Because they played against these top-tier players. They're playing these opponents more regularly. So you're yeah. thinking, well, there's a good facet of these teams, like the Netherlands, who if they just played these ODI teams more often, would beat these ODI teams. Nepal, I think you give them a year playing these top countries in the world, they could, they're going to pull out some upsets. I have a good feeling about that with the team they have right now. Um, and I think that's something that you know needs to continue to be brought in. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. Everyone's talking about the death of ODI cricket. And again, one format's going to get left behind. I think, you know, that that's the case. And T20, as Harsha Bogle said, is the modern savior of our game. That's not going anywhere, right? So you're going to formulate between tests and ODI cricket. And, and you know, I, I think there's a there's a point to be made about the death of ODI cricket that maybe it's dead in the water. It's not quite dead yet. But if we leave it in its current state, maybe it's not going to do what T20 cricket does. And um, this is the history of ODI cricket big enough like test cricket where you want to salvage that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think that, and I th we've talked about this. I think the reason people don't care about ODI cricket as much is because when I watch ODI cricket, I watch it for really one tournament and maybe a bilateral series. I don't watch it for rivalries anymore. And I think that's what's missing from world cricket in general because the best test uh, matches in the world to me are the Ashes and the Boarding of Oscar show because they happen pretty much every year. There are two teams. They know each other. They play each other, and it's a rivalry. And yeah. I think we're missing that a lot in world cricket because the only time I see a lot of these teams play each other is a World Cup or they play once every two years on a bilateral tour. It's just like, I don't, I don't really care. Versus like when you talk about a T20 league, you know, we're going to see the Washington Freedom play the San Francisco Unicorns every single year. You know, like, yeah, right. We're gonna we're gonna see that, and I think that's something that's different and needs to go into the world game is the that kind of rivalry mindset of grouping countries saying y'all going to play each other no matter what what see this is has right, right, and and I think you've got to put some context into it too. It's yeah. you know have 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 a table. And, um, you know, sure. I, look, when, when USA first won qualification, when they first earned qualification as, a, as an ODI nation in 2019, um, I was stoked. I, I mean, I'm, I still am stoked. It's great. It's, it was an excellent thing yeah. for, for, for USA cricket. But one of the reasons I was stoked is because I, I had this impression, okay, look, I, I didn't start following cricket until 2015. You know, I'd not seen USA uh, in ODI cricket. They're, they're my team. They're the team I follow. Um, so, I mean, I'd seen them, obviously they're playing one days, but it's not, it's not ODI. So, you know, I, I was under the misinterpretation. I misinterpreted what that meant. I thought sure. that USA is now going to be playing against at times. Uh, yes, I understood the cricket world cup league too, but I thought at times they might play some ODI games against full members, uh, uh, you know, to help improve them. Well, three years goes by. We we almost had one against Ireland, but we know what happened there. Um, but we, no, we did it, and it, nobody really wanted to <laughs> to play us. And and um, so my thinking is going back to them that mis misunderstanding. Like you said, there's like about twenty. Let, let's just say make twenty ODI teams, make them all play each other twice over the cycle of four years. Just have one table for those 20 teams. Everybody plays each other twice. You can travel in groups together to other groups. And um, I think that that would be great because, I mean, it would be 
more opportunities to create better better teams. Now, and games that mean something also. Yeah, games that mean something. The the issue is, you know, if these do have context text, that's risk for everyone. Everyone has to care about these games. Sure. You know, sure. the you could have a situation where England puts to bed for, you know, and, and just misses out on something. If you put context on this, then there's a next thing that this goes on to, maybe a playoff or heck, just just use that the 20 team uh, Super League to determine the, the World Cup. The top 10. The top 10, right? And so, and then I would have mind a 10-team World Cup because I've seen all 20 teams in the same context fight for something in a 10-team World Cup. Then, to me, it can make sense because yeah. I've seen all 20 teams play each other. That's a good I point. Deem, yeah. I can deem that these are the best 10. Not right. That these are your full members. Right. And then here are the other two that aren't full members. Or, you know, like, I, I think yeah. this is a better way maybe to do that. If you can get 20 play each other and yeah maybe usa gets crapped on for a year or two but i can right. you by year three year four we're a much better team than we were in year one and two much like afghanistan's a better team in year three of full member status than in year one of full member status and, and much much like N netherlands who were dead yeah. last dead last in the in, in the super league and now they're doing very well in in the world cup and, and you know it, just like that, like you said, there's going to be spinning tires. There's going to be things like that. But do you really want to reach these markets? Do you really want to create new markets um, with with international cricket? And one day cricket, they've told associates, that's the thing you're supposed to aspire to. That's the thing you're trying to achieve. Um, there is no Super League for T20. There is no uh, there is no Cricket World Cup League Two for T20. There's no Challenge League for T20. It's ODI is the format that they've. That's the big carrot they've dangled in front of Associate Nations. So if you're gonna, if they do scrap it, they need to put a Super League, a World Cup League Two, and a Champions League in in T20 cricket. So all this talk about whether or not this is expired, you know, whether or not ODI has run its life cycle. Um, not, I don't mind the talk about how to improve. ODI cricket, how to make it more palatable. A lot of people are coming up sure. with really fun ideas, but but to talk about how it's dead, it almost feels like manufactured consent for killing it. The tournament's kind of been handled symbolically when you look at the fa the problems people had buying tickets, uh, especially early on in the tournament and lack of attendance, and it was almost all made it just like. Like I said in the in the we did a roundtable for emerging cricket. Like I said, it looks like the ICC is shooting itself in the foot to make the other foot look better. Um, right. But just as I'm on the verge of becoming the Alex Jones of cricket, who's going to just dive into conspiracy theories like this, uh, the ICC announces their Champions Cup trophy. Um, this is a very weird thing, if you ask me. I agree. I'm I'm totally with you about the champions trophy uh like i remember watching it in 2017 about pakistan one of they beat india uh you know i love watching Mohammed Navir bowl i think it's one of the best bowlers i've ever seen um it was great to see that but the whole concept of what the champions trophy is now is really interesting to me um and you know what we've read is that it's going to act almost it is what the world cup qualifies you for it's it, it, it's so it's so weird to put it that way because it's the top eight teams from the World Cup played in the Champions Trophy, and now the host, which is Pakistan for the return in 2025, uh, they get an automatic bid. So the seven teams outside of Pakistan, top seven, will make it in, into the Champions Trophy. And 
this is weird. Why would the World Cup send teams to another tournament? That feels backwards to me. I feel like maybe what if the Champions Trophy was all 20 ODI teams and the top eight or the top 10 from there then go to the World Cup would make more sense. This is just really weird. I don't mind having the Championship back. I think it was a fun tournament. Um, it adds more context to ODI games, which is great. But it's just a really good concept for me to like wrap my head wrap fully. Yeah, it almost dilutes the importance of the of the World Cup itself. It's supposed to be, you know, we, we complain a lot about the ICC not putting context on things. And then they put so much context <laughs> on the World <laughs> Cup that they turn it into this into the second best thing. <laughs> right. It's like they, they, that's what's happened. Yeah. Right, right. It's it's just it's weird. It's it's just a weird it's a weird concept. And it's you know, champions trophy to me, if if I'm outside of the game, if I'm outside of cricket and someone says, Oh, there's a champions trophy, there's three formats of cricket and there's a tra- champions trophy, I'm thinking, Oh, okay, cool. So champions trophy to me would be the champions of all three of those formats come together and play it like a tri series of all three formats to kind of celebrate cool. The formats of cricket, and uh, that would be really cool. I would actually love that. I mean, you know, that would that that'd be awesome. And then, like, you know, yeah. what if what if a team does the triple, right? What if they win all three? Right, the triple crown or however. Yeah, you don't I mean, need a championship again, then. Yeah, <laughs> right. again, it's it's just a really weird concept for me to get my head around because to me, the World Cup has been and probably always should be your biggest thing if you call it World Cup. That that might me automatically says the World Cup's the biggest thing. And now you're making the World Cup a qualifying turn. And that's just that's just really weird. I just I, I can never really wrap my head around it. Yeah. Again, you want to add contact context to things. If you want to make so so you have to qualify for the Champions Cup or Champions Trophy, how about you create the Super League and have the top eight, seven teams plus host qualify that way to the like, I I just think using the World Cup as qualification is just a really weird way to look at it because now it's like, oh well, if I don't win the World Cup, make sure I'm in the top seven, and I'm I guarantee my spot into, you know, another right. tournament. Right. And, and, Do I and, really care? Right. And you've already got Pakistan's the host. You've already got articles out there um, where India's, you know, arguably, yeah. you know, it's being debated whether or not India India would go to Pakistan. We we know this day well. It's <laughs> right. What does that? What does it? What does that? What does that tournament look like then? You know, right. it, India doesn't go there, so it brings up a lot of weird questions and of course this is you know apparently they've they've known that this would have this would be this way for a couple of years the icc and they just now announced it which is such a weird weird thing to do yeah it's it's just cricket i guess at this point it's just weird it's just weird yeah and this is the frustrating thing because cricket deserves so much better than what it's getting administratively it, it's such a good sport and it, it, it's so far behind every other sport well not every other sport but a lot of other sports when it comes to just getting the logistics together, for God's sake, you know, you got people trying to buy tickets to a World Cup game who can't, and they just announced the tickets for like a game next week, you know, for a game later on in the week. It's just crazy. It's it's insane that it works out this way. And um, I I, I just is this is this if this is the way that this current status quo is, then the status quo has to change. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all said that kind of a little bit about whether it's, you know, do finals or whether it's procedures. There's just, it feels like there's some things that need to be improved, uh, yeah. to put it in in a, in a, in a way. Uh, I think, you know, there's always frustrations with every sport. You're like, well, why is this? Why is that? But there seems to be this constant state of frustration 
with cricket and it, it's frustrating because not because you hate cricket but because we love cricket and we want cricket and we want, want it to be a global game we don't want to sit here in the usa and have people say oh what's cricket we want to sit here in the usa go to a buffalo Wild Wings and say oh my god there's a world cup game going on at 10 p.m here in more Carolina. you know what i mean like that's right. the kind of thing that we want and that we're trying to expand it and i think there has to be at the top level this kind of defining of what the ICC wants or what their vision for cricket is. Because if it's a truly a global vision, things have to change and have to change drastically. If it's a vision right. of, look, these are the teams that play cricket and we're happy with status quo as long as we keep fiscally doing all right, then the status quo doesn't have to change, but you have to change the way you advertise yourself. I think there's, I think there's those kind of things that come into play. And I think that's kind of the frustrating part is as people who want the game to be global and want it to continue to grow, you would like to see that. And as that is the mission statement of the ICC, you like to see that be reflected in some of the things that the ICC puts out. And then, you know, or just those, uh, those consistency scenarios. And that, that's kind of thing most frustrating thing for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, we pretty much talked our mouths off uh, <laughs> today tonight about these these topics and we could we believe me we could go on we could be sitting at church street park right now talking for another hour about this i'm sure maybe we have we had <laughs> at this point the bathrooms are locked there and i i'm in trouble because i, I got to decide between if i want to go to the bathroom or if i want to keep talking you know how this is <laughs> that's the typical church street conversation uh as it goes but um but yeah so we could keep going on about this uh we'll get into a lot of other things next time we we want to talk more about USA's AGM upcoming that some of the things that they've hinted at and it, along with talking about reviving the Audi Cup once again they talk about this a lot um I really hope that th- this is the time to do it you know this is we we got both teams in the World Cup for goodness sake in the T20 World Cup coming up and how amazing is that? USA and Canada. I hope we're in the same group, for God's sake. I hope whoever's rigging these groups, I hope they rig it up that way. And, uh, yeah, so, um, but this is the time to revive an Audi Cup, and I'm hoping that USA Cricket Board can do the right thing here and uh, and get this get this ball rolling. But we'll talk more about that, um, try to get some answers about that, and maybe ask a few questions uh, to, to USA Cricket, um, if they'll answer me. You know, that's, that's another question. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Amin, it's great uh, chatting with you as always. I'm, I'm sure I'll see you soon. And, uh, you know, enjoy your Halloween. Don't, you know, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Actually, you know, be more careful. The opposite. The opposite of that statement. No, All right. a good day. O- always good to have a chat with you. You enjoy the Halloween as well. I'm sure you'll be headed out, at least passing candy around, if not going out. Uh, walking walking to your girls to go get some candy. Oh, I'll be walking them all over the place. I can't wait. 